The call continued at all times. It was a constant flow of information, the amount that needed to be said far exceeding the method by which they could now speak. Birgit's home had been stabilized since it was lost. Its long, lazy rotation was now around an axis whose north pole was perennially pointed at its origin, at Earth, the place they had once been tethered to. Terminus was a vast amalgamation of structures that had once housed more than eighty engineers, scientists, and astronauts. Now it was home to only two. Birgit, the doctor who had been trapped here while giving virtual birth to a machine god, and the station's captain, who had not dared interrupt the infinitely complex process. They were alone now. It had been a hard truth to accept, a red, raw fact itching away on the surface of their lives, suppressed slowly, and only through long days and nights of conversation, argument, drinking, and weeping in the many far corners of the station as they reconciled themselves to their fate. For their home was now a new world, small perhaps, but still only the second satellite of the sun to be inhabited, having been severed from the first. But while they may be lonely, they were both eminently capable, and they would not waste their long, lonely exile. The captain had almost unparalleled experience with spacefaring, and especially with the massive Terminus One station that had been his charge. His days were full to bursting with the task of maintaining and protecting the massive network of modules, from the remaining habitation module they called home to the labyrinth of laboratory and science hubs that had once been the life of the station. Dr. Birgit Hauptmann, for her part, roamed those laboratories and science hubs, filling them with new purpose for hers was a mind humanity could not afford to lose to the void. She pursued her experiments with vigor, and all the while her mind was linked to the station, into the network, via her spinal interface node on the back of her neck, managing, monitoring, and speaking to her companions, the machine and the captain who had sacrificed everything to stay with her. Birgit. Yes, Rob, through portal 43.2a, and then onto the comms hub. Captain Cashman acknowledged the instruction, the portal's location appearing as a visual place in his mind as she sent the thought to him. Another voice joined them, the station's third resident. Minnie. Our connection should improve with this routing. I will be able to send compression files via the secondary defense laser hub to myself when it is not needed for near-space meteor defense. Birgit. Yes, Minnie, it should help the connection a great deal. Birgit thought it offhandedly. This was not the mini that Birgit knew, the mini that Birgit had raised. This was just a copy. This was, well, just a machine. Birgit could still speak with the real mini as well, but it was like a static phone call with a distant loved one, and really only served to remind her of what she was missing. There was a pause in the conversation, then Birgit went on. Maybe we can even paint again, mini, one day. Birgit did not try to disguise the patronizing tone in her mind when she spoke to this Minnie, nor did she try to hide her disappointment at not being able to fully commune with the real Minnie anymore, though she knew the conversation was being transmitted back to that version, that truly beautiful artificial mind. And the real Minnie was constantly updating this version of herself in return, tweaking, adding, refining, trying to make it better. But it was all but pointless, they both knew that just as it would be pointless for Birgit to try and protect the feelings of her machine progeny. 
The act of masking her emotions would only dull the connection even more than the inept and inadequate laser communication system they had jury-rigged already did. This was not lost on Rob, not completely, though he did not really understand the depth of the bond that had formed between the two. But he did understand what they meant when they said painting. Rob. Oh no, not the painting again. You know that freaks me out. Birgit laughed to herself, and then purely out of spite sent Rob a mental image of the last three-dimensional image Minnie had created as she learned and developed her understanding of the concept of creativity. It was a poor imitation of the full fractal complexity that Minnie was capable of, but such were the limits of their communications, and it still boggled the mind to try and absorb the flowing forms and abstract shapes that morphed and formed within the cloud of esoteric substance that were Minnie's finger paintings. Rob. Jesus, I wish you would stop doing that. He felt Birgit laugh through the connection, along with the warmth of her regard for him, for the man who had selflessly joined her on this endless journey, and who no doubt saved her life a hundred times a day with his diligence and skill. So naturally she showed her deep appreciation by giving him as hard a time as possible. Birgit. Oh, Rob, you big girl's blouse. How can a man who stares at the cosmos all day get nauseous looking at a painting? But in truth, she understood his feelings quite well. Minnie's interpretation of abstract was absolute, and her paintings defied understanding quite literally. They resisted any attempt at rationalization. For a man like Captain Rob Cashman, that was anathema. For Birgit, it was impossibly beautiful and she wept when she allowed herself to truly bathe in their all-encompassing multi-sense form, crying with joy at their beauty and with sadness at the fact that she might never again see them in their full, unabridged glory. Might never see. For among the many projects she was working on with the help of Rob and the copy of Minnie that inhabited the station's network was one that held not only the promise of helping Earth in the coming war— but also of reconnecting her with her daughter, the fruit of her mind.